Sun Tzu said, the art of war recognizes nine varieties of ground. One, dispersive ground. Two, facile ground. Three, contentious ground. Four, open ground. Five, ground of intersecting highways. Six, serious ground. Seven, difficult ground. Eight, hemmed-in ground. Nine, desperate ground. This is Common Ground Attack, a political podcast among best of friends, with your hosts, Joshua Heffley and Eddie Espinosa. Episode 3! I don't know why I'm blanking on this stinking name. Common, Common Ground, Ground Attack. Attack. There it is. I, I was hoping the intro song that I finally de- developed out of inspiration would have cemented that into you. Oh, that, <laughs> that intro is awesome. So now we have an intro, and you heard it on our last pa- podcast, and I love how we jumped right into talking about, you know, how... In our last podcast, we were coming up with an intro, or we don't have an intro, we don't have anything yet. And uh, full disclosure for audience, I, I developed that intro the day before we posted it, out of like like ooh ooh oh god oh chemistry, and then yeah, I created yeah. that. Either way, I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I hope you guys are too. Um, please so, tell us. Please tell yeah, us. Like, please tell me it wasn't like some pretentious pursuit that I ended up in going through. <laughs> <laughs> let us know let us know because um, so anyone let's... anyone know this knows the other podcast i do it's it's nothing like that i don't know what i was why i was so inspired about this one so <laughs> with the other podcast everybody just kind of we just kind of jumped right into everything too so we were just like recording for five minutes before we actually started doing anything i liked that approach i did like that approach um but we're gonna do a little more structure here um, let's do it Yes, so we're actually going to we're changing the structure or we're developing the structure a little bit um, because I feel like a political podcast kind of needs a little more structure involved. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to spend the first what do you say fifteen minutes or so um, just doing going over little current events, um, things that have happened during the week, the weekend uh, review. Yeah, essentially the weekend review and. We're gonna continue doing that for the rest of, uh, for our podcast for the remainder of however long that we're gonna do this, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're going to then delve into our topic. Um, who knows if the topic is related to the review that we can review or not? We don't know, but we're gonna start adding a little more structure to things, so um, it'll kind of help you keep on track, I'm sure. So with that in mind, Hefley, what, what's some stuff you've been seeing the last week? that you think is uh worth bringing up well first things first obviously the day um that we are recording is the 25th of may which is memorial day um so we want to you know take a special time special moment just to reflect back on why we observe memorial day what memorial day memorial day is all about and it's really all about the those people who have given the ultimate sacrifice to our country and um i feel 
you know, we feel a deep connection being military brats. We've been in the, like, we've been involved with the military, with our families for a very long time. Um, so we just... Yeah. For me, up until recently, like, my whole life has been around the you know, military life. Like, even when I was doing H&R Block and living my own life, a lot of that was on base back in Tucson. So, like, I, up until I moved to Phoenix, like, that's... I was at least in an in adjacent sort of way, part of a military community and doing what I could to, to give back to them. Absolutely. And uh, we just feel that we need to, you know, obviously observe the, the holiday and its spirit. And on, honestly, for me, it's just in hopes that it's in hopes that we don't add any names to the list for Memorial Days in the future. Mm -hmm. um, that's really what the ultimate goal of the armed forces of the sacrifice that they made is to secure our future. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty strong believer in making sure that, you know, our future is secured and making sure that we know whose back sets on. Absolutely. I'm trying to say it, but like, I'm also like trying to think <laughs> of the proper words to say. So I'm, apologize if i'm coming off a little bit like weird i'm just trying to think of all the this is episode three man it's okay <laughs> i know i know we'll, I know. we'll work on our artic articulation but i think everyone gets the point you know we just want to you know spare spare a thought to to those who we dedicate the holiday to and hope that yeah. you the viewer viewer yeah viewer you the viewer will do as well absolutely um so past memorial day we're going to talk a little bit more about politics. Yeah. Subject of the day today is going to be Donald Trump. But we're still in our little review area. So we're going to talk a little bit about our topic from last week, which was Joe Biden. Because something happened in the news recently about Joe Biden. Do yeah. You, uh, do you want to fill in a little bit? Yeah. And and. Honestly, at this point of the recording, I don't know if I'm going to put a stinger of that quote at the front of this episode or not. So you, the listener, probably already heard the heard the quote. <laughs> but oh, everybody's heard it, yeah. <laughs> but in case I, for some reason, didn't put that sound clip at the top of this episode, let me see if I can. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. Cause it's I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. God's name was Joe Biden thinking with that. <laughs> it, this has everything to do with what I mentioned last week, where he wants this, this, this air of, like, I don't give a fuck, that I don't care, that, you know, again, like, he's trying to be a better version of Trump when he shouldn't be, be a, a version of Trump at all. But here he is doing it, saying, like, like I'm such, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I know what I'm about. So if you're not on board with me, you know, whatever. That's all he's doing. And he's doing with the is, worst group. I know. The real question is, is does he think that he can steal people from Donald Trump by acting like Donald Trump? Is that is that what he's trying to do with this, or is that what his maybe? Was? It does seem like he he. I mean, and I guess if in a way you think about it maybe there's some rationale to that 
Because there's plenty of people who will, who will tell you that I voted Trump because he speaks his mind because he doesn't care what what the, what anybody says. He's going to do what he what he thinks is good and whatever. La la la. And maybe he's trying to you know hook those type of people. Maybe. Yeah. But here's the here's the difference. Have you seen Trump make an apology video? <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. When you said that phrase, like I I like blanked out. Can you say that phrase again? I was saying, do you think Trump has ever made an apology video? Oh, there it is again. I feel like I lost ten seconds of my life. <laughs> no, oh. seriously though. Why did you, <laughs> if Joe Biden was trying to steal people from Trump, you know, by acting like he doesn't care? Why did he make an apology video? I don't Maybe know. Maybe because his fan base is turning against him because he's shouldn't be trying to steal people from Trump. Like like it just started. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like it's 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 something else. The I mean the other problematic thing about his what he what he's saying here is that and this is a problem that the Democrats seem to have all the time and even to a point individual candidates like even Sanders had this problem. There is just something in their in the Democrat DNA that's like, oh, the black people are definitely going to vote for us. We have the black vote. There's no way they're going to vote for Trump. And that's just not true. I for yes. reasons that I don't even know, you know if we can get into really, but that's just taking that for granted is dangerous and and ignorant, completely ignorant. It's it's not just uh, the African American community too. It's it's you know every pretty much everybody tries yeah. to kind of say that all minorities are going to vote Democrat just because we're Democrats. Like you're right that that's a dangerous mentality to have or that's a pretty poor mentality to have for for but. one thing and this is an, an example i've only had in my pocket the, the last like, like four or five years i i think in retrospect i am not a fan of, of reagan i have a lot of things against i think against donald uh, oh, donald reagan i almost called donald reagan uh president reagan in his term but one of the things that really stands out for minorities in particular at least the hispanic minorities is that he he opened up he opened he opened up the country to us at that time he allowed a, a lot more ignorant uh, ignorance wow immigrants <clears throat> i need to drink more water before i, I start this podcast apparently <laughs> yeah immigrants water <laughs> like my a, a large portion of my family is here because of of what he and his administration put in place and I don't like yeah. the guy, and I think a lot of what of a lot of other things he did are, are really, really bad, and have impact, been impacting us to this day. But uh, there's plenty of Hispanics. Economics. I'm sorry, was that? It said trickle down economics. Yeah, there's plenty of Hispanics these days who will remember what what he did for them, and are Republican just because of that, and yeah. are and will will give the Republicans the benefit of out just because of that, and you you still have to convince them if you're going to convince them at all. If you want them to vote some some other way, but yeah. just not, not not as hard as I'm making it sound, but you you still have that to contend with, and I think again the Democrats just take that kind of stuff for granted. Yeah, yep, they do. I mean, it's just one of those. Well, I mean, just keep in mind, like we were discussing last time, or I, maybe I was discussing last time, was more of the um, more of the idea that it's just a honestly our government our politics right now is just a millionaires club it's just how many how many people that we can get together that are going to be 
business friendly and are going to make everybody up at the top who's ruling us more money. And it's unfortunately yeah. what it's devolved into, I feel. All right. So that's enough of that. Well, maybe we'll, if we ever go back to Joe yeah. Biden again as a subject, we can talk more about that. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up again. I'm sure there'll be something, <laughs> something else. So how about this? Uh, this news that came out the last few days, I think, that uh, Trump is having some hard stances against uh, doing mail in voting for the election in November. See, and that's interesting to me. Like, I don't understand why I, why everybody's so opposed to mail-in voting. Um, well, it's not everybody. I think a lot of people would love mail-in voting, but if you Oh, ask... I'm not talking about, like, people. Oh. I'm talking about, like, politicians, the Democrat and Republican parties. Both don't necessarily want mail-in voting. No, the only opponents to mail-in voting right now are, is the GOP and Trump. That's who. That's exactly who, who who's complaining about it now, and the only ones who are who are stopping any laws to get to increase mail-in voting, especially for the upcoming election, with the way COVID is right now, it's the GOP, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Democrats uh, not wanting it either. I mean, if you can, I I need sources for that because I haven't heard any Democrats against mail-in voting, especially for the reasons that, that Trump and the GOP are putting out. They're saying that if we do mail-in voting, it's going to cause voter fraud. And we know that Democrats are, love voter fraud because that's how they win elections. Because that's the narrative they're pushing. It's, it, it's all talk to me um, with that. And then I think, honestly, the Democrats are taking the side uh, – taking like – like uh, back in the day when PlayStation and Xbox came out, like PlayStation 4 was just like, oh – we're gonna give it like remember when like xbox was like oh we got like the connect and we got all this stuff and you could share all of your clips and you could do all this stuff blah 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 and like playstation 4 was like we got games that's what the people want i think the democrats are taking the stance of not having voter uh like not being against mail-in voting or whatever just because they feel that's what the people want yeah and that's exactly why you should be okay with it because we want yeah, it, because I mean, it's safer for us, because it's easier for us, because it increases voter turnout, and those are all things that GOP doesn't want. Yeah, but I, I mean, I would be, I wouldn't sleep on them trying to conceal what they're honestly trying to do. I, I'm sometimes conspiracy theorist, but when it comes to our government, like I feel they want to do whatever they can to stay in power to keep their money safe and. Okay. Yeah, but I, I'm not seeing where your A to B is here with this. Why would the Democrats be against mail-in uh, voting? Oh, to be able to keep them in office. Uh, they're uh, like to keep themselves, like their own personal selves, in office. I mean, I, th- I, again, that rationale sounds good, but that's but that's not what's happening here. The GOP is afraid of that because that historically, if voter turnout is greater, they lose elections. Yeah. Well. But. Maybe we're going to have to have mail-in voting as a different subject for another day to deeper dive deeper deeper But but I digress. I mean, it's still like to me. I just I'm under the impression that all of them are. I think the infighting and all that kind of stuff is more of a way to keep themselves in power. If that makes any sense. 
Sure, just... but I, I would say you need you need to look up who who is against mail-in voting, and it's going to be rare that you will find a Democrat against it. That's true. Again, but... maybe a topic for a different day. Yes, I digress. We got to talk about conspiracy theories on this. <laughs> oh, I love I love government, conspiracy theories. Government conspiracies, you know. I, like, I think I shared with you a podcast to listen to that has some some great conspiracy theories. If I haven't, I'm going to do it again. You did, yes, because it's great. But uh, oh yeah, I'll have to look it up again. Yeah, but for, for future reference for our audience, conspiracy conspiracy theory is not a bad word here. We we'll take them in and we'll review them. Yeah, and and then honestly, if y'all aren't, if y'all aren't digging the conspiracy theories, let us know. We appreciate your feedback. Like, seriously. I mean, I don't think we've done any real conspiracy theories yet. Like full oh, on. No, no, we haven't like talked about a conspiracy theory, but I tend to talk about it a lot. So. <laughs> there's some speculation, but there's some juicy theory conspiracy theories we can oh, get into yeah, one of these for days. Sure. Yeah. For sure, we definitely need to. Um, okay. So- uh, any other big topics you want to hit before we get into the the meat and bones the, of this, today's the main subject? Topic. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I haven't seen too much about the mail-in voting, but I, I mean, I can I can understand why they don't want mail-in voting, but I, I just I just haven't heard too much oh. other than Joe Biden. I think he's the one who's dominating. Oh, go ahead. I guess some some COVID stuff. I real quick we can touch on for Ooh, yes. a quick few minutes. Um, some big things that I think have been happening over the week is a COVID update. Um, Trump uh, announcing he's, that he's taking hydro hydro. Pro, oh my God! Can you say it? Oh no! I know hydro, what you're talking about. Hydro Yeah, hydroxychloroquine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's taking it, or he says he's taking it. <laughs> like. Uh, it, it, what 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 would be the good? What would be the good of him saying that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. And it, it, it just doesn't. That kind of news or something to me, I just don't feel like it really in the long run. With everything, doesn't matter. Like, what do you mean? Of course, it matters. The president's saying he's taking a drug for to combat COVID. True. That's true, and there's probably going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, well, President Trump is taking that shit, too. Yeah, and that's dangerous. I mean, obviously, if a doctor you're working with says that that's an idea, go for it. I'm not going to argue with a doctor, well, most doctors, when it comes to that kind of thing. But the president putting out like this so so cavalier, I guess, in in such a cavalier way, when there's already a lot of experts saying that it's not as effective or, or safe as a drug to take, Either he's lying about it just to push up numbers, which, speaking of conspiracy theories, I think he's making money off of that. Yeah, or, that's what I was going to say. Like, if it's anything, he's got to be making money off of it. Yeah. Or he is taking it and, holy shit, I, I don't like him, but I don't want a, a sitting president to die. Like Exactly. That doesn't yeah, do anybody just... any good. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh... Uh... Uh, we'll so, yeah we'll see what happens i mean obviously this is just the beginning of a developing story but it's kind mm-hmm. of curious yeah, like as of right now it's something that's kind of actually now that you mention it it's now a little bit higher up on my radar <laughs> but it was slow on my radar for sure because it's just like who cares what trump does to me like Except when it affects other people and something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we get, and then we, you know, close to home, we've had people who tried that, who tried that and died. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I get, but yeah, I think we need more time to see if maybe somebody reveals that he was just joking, or we, or or, he or was, heaven forbid, uh, we haven't seen spike in usage. Ugh. More likely, he was getting paid for it. You know, just like normal usual stuff. <laughs> it's like Kylie Jenner. You need to tell us when you have sponsored ads. <laughs> exactly. This is a sponsored post. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we're going to have ads soon, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to give you all the stuff to do recording. but Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll give that stuff to you at some point. <laughs> we eventually may start off, you know, having ads. Um, let us know what you guys think about this, whether you want it at the beginning of the episode, whether you would like us to break it up in the middle, just kind of, you know, stop from the topic there, introduce an ad, or maybe even uh, an ad after our 15-minute break going into our main content. Uh, Like right now? (laughs) Essentially right now. So uh, definitely let us know. Um, We welcome your feedback and what's the best place that you would expect to hear an ad or where you would want to have ads because you know we obviously we gotta have ads you know i mean and and, and honestly it's just because hefley and i are new to this so we want to see what what kind of potential we have going forward this kind of stuff but exactly well yeah your feedback appreciated we wouldn't seem as official if we didn't have ads (laughs) or you could be my other podcast (laughs) we don't have ads there (laughs) maybe we should oops (laughs) sorry (laughs) <laughs> I need to work on that. Hey, that's fine. It's fine. I'm... So um, definitely let us know if you're listening to this, where you want to hear ads, because um, we are going to start placing ads in these videos, but I don't want them to be super intrusive. Um, and obviously we would warn you, speaking of the ads, we would warn you before an ad break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just kind yes. of cut away. Yeah, we're not just gonna we're not gonna put them in right in the middle of the <laughs> right in the middle of the podcast, you know. All right, and with uh, that, let's go ahead and, and move on to the the meat and potatoes of today's episode. It's very Trump secret. Wait, what? Right. Very Trump centric. That's what I meant to say. I think oh, I'm stuttering yeah. again. Eccentric. I don't know what he said. <laughs> Trump centric. Anywho. Anywho, so we had a little bit of a challenge um, because, as Eddie has mentioned before in a couple of our podcasts beforehand, um, that you extremely dislike Trump. You uh, don't like Trump. You don't like his personality. You don't like his policies. You don't like anything about him. Irredeemable. So I had the thought that you should find articles about trump's policy or you should find some information about trump's policy that you like does it say that you have to like trump and that's the that's the thing is you know we we kind of did a reversal thing um when it comes to trump i don't like him personally but i want to take a look at his policies and I kind of want to do in depth of his policies just to kind of determine where he stands as an actual policy president. Like, we all know public opinion against him. Everybody knows that. But I wanted to find out what kind of policy. So I challenged Eddie to find good policy, and I challenged myself to find bad policy. 
And um, I, I got it. I'm good. Okay. I'm good as well. I found a few things that I know is just... We, we, we'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. So which one uh, of us should start? So I'm going to start with probably one of the most deplorable things that Trump has done. Um or that Trump is involved with and Trump continues to exacerbate, I should say. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And that's the immigration camp uh, policies. And concentration camps. Concent yeah, actually, you're right. Concentration camps. Yeah, I didn't mean to correct like you or anything like that. But no, like... <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a correction. That's, that, it, that is what they are. And it's, um, as we all know, we, we, we know Trump didn't start it. Um, and honestly, that doesn't uh, the idea because there's obviously people who support Trump out there who say that, oh, well, Obama started it. And we, we know the kind of guidelines set forth the kind of, you know, tactics they, they were started during the Obama administration towards the tail end of the Obama administration. But they were kind of started there. Um, and... I mean, really, it ends up uh, it ends up being like they're concentration camps. There's, mm -hmm. there's no way around it. Um, it's men, women, and children being held in cages um, simply because they were crossing the border. And I feel like there's a lot of dangerous activity. There's a lot of dangerous people who do cross over our border and that we do need to keep a watchful eye on our borders. Um, but I also think that we don't need to punish regular people who probably already are being punished by even just coming across the border. As a, personally speaking, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying with that. You know, I, there's, a, there's there's some reasons to have you know some security at the border, but a lot of the people that we end up punishing with current policy is like it's some it's asylum seekers, people who are literally fleeing another country because there's war or there's a hit on them or you know stuff with drug cartels you know not just from mexico but central america south america a lot of those people end up coming to us to seek asylum because you know as many people like to brag about america has a lot going for it and these refugees for lack of a better term and probably the most appropriate term come looking for help and part of the asylum process literally is show up at a border and say you are seeking asylum so these people aren't yeah. breaking into the country. They're they're not looking for a free ride. They're not they're not looking to live off welfare or something like that. They they're trying to escape for their lives. And the current and the exactly. previous and current policy for that is just to lock them up and I don't know some unspecified process to keep them in there for as long as possible. Yeah. Because and, they and, think we think they're dangerous. Well, there's an asterisk to that too, but I'll let you go on before I say the asterisk. Well, in, in the program, again, it, it started during the Obama administration, and it's pretty well well founded that it started during the uh, that it had started during the abomination. Uh, abomination. Man, see, some, <sighs> no, so I many Freudian slips from us no, today. I need to drink water. No, the Obama administration. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, by any means, I don't think that it was an abomination. <laughs> um, abomination. Oh, anyway, well, I don't know, but we might have just fed something to, to anti-Obama people. <laughs> yeah, and 
the way it's been handled because it, it came up in the news recently under the Trump administration because you know things are leaking now things are starting to get out like oh man look at how these people are being treated over here in in Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and other places you know look at how these people are being treated they're being held in cages they're being served like gruel they're people dying in there's also the the idea of um, coronavirus hitting these immig- uh, these concentration camps um, uh, of coronavirus hitting them and working their way through them. Um, it's it's truly to me it's deplorable to do that to people to lock them in cages because they're like you were saying seeking asylum and everything and and this news came out with donald trump and donald trump's inaction to do anything about it um donald trump's lack exactly well that's what it is it's his inaction of doing anything about it it's the idea of maybe if i don't talk about it that it'll just go away from people. It'll just go away in the news. And to be honest, it kind of has. Um, a lot of people have been forgetting about it. Um, he didn't do anything to change it. He didn't do anything to say that it is a deplorable act. He didn't do anything on it. And I mean, without having anything specific in front of me, he oftentimes seems like he is supporting it like proactively supporting the efforts being taken by by ice and and everything being done for these camps right and that could be and that's something that i haven't really seen because again i'm trying to go against like opinion pieces i was trying to go for actual policy and everything like that um so i didn't necessarily find anything but just to me the inaction of seeing an injustice and not doing anything about it is really to me that's the worst thing he's he's done and it's not just him it's the rest of, it's to me it's the rest of our government too but like if we're going to focus a little bit on that then another alarming thing about this this entire segment of the administration's policy kind of circles back to a little bit of what we talked about last week when we were talking about where, which, which funny also has to do with one of my positives for, for Trump. But we were talking about the, the private prisons, right? Yes. yes. A lot of what's happening now with this policy seems to be very much tied to, you know, private prisons being, are being the ones who are building up these locations and running them. And who's, giving, who's getting the government money from keeping these things open, alive, and full? But the you know private private prison industry, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll attach they, some notes for that. Aren't they funding some of these concentration camps? I can't remember if I. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, a lot of yeah. these camps are privately run, and they're, they're yeah. getting paychecks from the government to keep them open. And a lot of times, the the way you generate revenue from this kind of thing is, for every person you're having to take care of, you get X amount of money. So the incentive is that, oh, I get $2,000 per person. Well, I'll just make sure that I'm only using $500 of resources to keep this person in my prison, and I, and I net $1,500. These aren't exact numbers, but that's kind of how that system works for private prisons. Take the money yeah. and keep costs super low. Keep, which, keep people And keep people in. Yeah, which is totally what you and, want. Totally what you want. They get paid based on how many beds are filled. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like the you know it's kind of like airplanes you know when you're flying uh when you're flying you're pretty much always guaranteed to be on a booked flight like a completely booked flight because that's really how they make their money they make their money by shoveling as many people as possible into a plane and the more empty seats the less money that they're making on that flight and that's the same thing with prison and with private prisons with these camps it's just the more people that are in there the the less cost uh, that they actually get and these private prisons are the are some of the hardest lobbyists for trump and his current administration I, and i can't yes. i can't forget which which cabinet member is also like li- directly involved with them too um it's one of the military dudes who in his cabinet that's like once they left because you know how people many people leave oh, trump's yeah. administration he yeah, left and became like a ceo or like or a board member of one of these companies that run private prisons so it's you know they're literally in in the in the white house making making themselves a cozy job for when they get out yeah it's just honestly it's to me it's uh, these concentration camps these even the private run prisons nine times out of ten it's just deplorable it's just it shouldn't happen um we should have somebody up there that's specifically firmly saying that we should stop doing this and it's just we're not we we don't have anybody going up and saying we should stop doing this correction we don't have one doing that anymore yeah just just saying um anyway so you know that's again that to me is probably the worst thing that i gathered from trump that gathered from trying to find his policy from trying to find like negatives in his policy because that's one of the things is he'll say everything about his policy he'll say everything just to make it sound good and i mean obviously like any politician wants to do that but to see like to actually see it in action and to actually see what he's been doing or what he hasn't been doing you know just saying something about policy doesn't make it right or it doesn't make it true absolutely i wanted to prefer to i prefer to focus on things that he did or didn't do in regards to certain situations so, so your your what you brought to the table i think directly feeds into what i brought to the table which i think is one of the the best things he's done under his administration and that's the first step act the first oh, yes. step what the first step act is is basically it's prison reform and yeah i think there's a lot about a lot of about it that is empirically not perfect but this is one of the the clearest you know forward movements we've had in trying to reform our prison systems which again like we just talked about might be because we're just getting our revenue from some other really evil thing but uh you know there's always got to be qualifiers here with this but in terms of how we're dealing with you know imprisoning our own people at least oh god that doesn't feel better either um we're we're actually making changes for that you know i and it's funny because a lot of people will say you know there's there was some celebrity action taken to make trump take this first step towards this like you know you, you might have heard in the news about uh Kanye West and and um Kim Kardashian being part of the efforts for this and pushing and having people who shouldn't be in prison being taken out of prison. Yeah, I mean that's obviously part of it. 
And for better or for worse, Trump seems to really lean on the celebrity appeal when it comes to that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is that this bipartisan product of, of these last four years is helping to de-escalate this increasingly abusive system that we have put in place. And we're far from making it perfect. But yeah. again, this is one of the first times in, in decades we've had movement in the correct direction with this. Interesting. I, I, I to be honest, I haven't heard of the first uh, first. Uh, oh wait, no, I had heard a little bit about it, but I haven't really done any research into it or anything like that. So that's awesome. I yeah, the first that. step act stands for the formerly incarcerated re-enter society, transform safely, transitioning every person act. Which, who? That's a lot of words, but I mean, I guess <laughs> the gist of it. Again, it's about you know more compassionate release schedules. You know. Really, really applying the first the Fair Sentencing Act that was done a while ago, um, even little things like not using restraints on pregnant women in prison, like you know, yeah. <laughs> not being an asshole about certain things like that. Um, compassionate release for terminally ill patients. So if we have someone in prison and they're like for sure going to die, we can maybe not keep them in prison for the last bit of it, you know, so they can be with their families when they pass. Um, and unfortunately, the act also clearly approves new markets for for private prisons, unfortunately. But, well, you know, sure. But all, and then another great thing is that it involves, and this is something that we might bring up in another topic, it heightened the amount of training for de-escalation for, you know, processes for correctional officers and employees, you know, instead of like a, the more brute force method we've imp- we've put in place to enforce laws and, and rules this their, their training is more focused on de-escalation as opposed to you know putting the hammer down yeah which i've I, heard I, i've heard a little bit about that part yeah so and i think as far as you know what impacts this has let me see the act has given judges greater dis- discretion to depart from certain mandatory minimum sentencing which is also was an issue uh, and is solitary confinement for juveniles Expanded opportunities for those in prison to improve themselves, stay connected to their families, and make successful transitions back into society at the completion of their sentence. Over 3,000 people have been released from prison early by qualifying for added good time credits, and the sentences for another 1,700 have been reduced pursuant to how sentencing for drug offenses has now been handled. Department of Justice also made funds available to ensure the success of the FSA program. So, again, this, this bill, this act is the right direction for how we should be you know making our prisons more correctional facilities actually living up living up to that name right getting these people yeah, which before it was just you know lock them away forever they're yeah. criminals you know cares they don't have any rights but you know and that's a that's a thing is it kind of flies in the face of the united states and how we've how we've always felt as a country but to each their own i mean obviously yeah. there's people that are no there's no reforming and that's that's a topic of its own yeah and truth be t- <laughs> and and honestly i this is one of the things that it, that just seems from for me out of out of character for what i'm used to to trump and his administration i mean other, i mean other than the fact that it seems like it's just funneling the the cruelty to another place aka the concentration camps we, we've talked about earlier and maybe that's why people get to keep their money but 
I mean, as far as the act itself goes, it's a step in the right direction, and we should be doing everything we can to support further efforts like this. Because there's still plenty more things to be done, but here's something that was done, and it was done under this administration. There you go. Um, so, when I was doing a little bit of research, because I was just trying to find... I was trying to find a lot of, like, I've been trying to wade through the filth, so to speak, of things that Trump has done that are terrible things, that are wrong things, you know, for for this for this assignment. And by that, I mean, like, wading through the filth is obviously trying to rule out, like I, was, like I mentioned before, trying to rule out everything that doesn't have to do with just his straight policy things that he's done um one of the things that i uh, that popped up when i was when i was doing my research is is uh trump had taken away funding from public schools and sent it to charter schools so this is my next uh next thing here hold on i can't remember what the name of the act is i'm trying to pull it up but there is a there is a bill that he introduced. Okay, yeah, here we go. So, uh, it was from back in February. Um, it was called. Uh, it was basically actually his State of the Union address. He was um, talking about education freedom. He was talking about um, American children being trapped in failing government schools, um, and, and he wanted to get rid of that trapped feeling in private schools going into and you know giving more money to public or private schools uh, or taking away from public schools putting it into private schools that's what he was talking about really um, yes because he feels that children are being trapped in these government programs or government schools um Oh. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I was looking it up, I was like, I was because I was looking, I was like, what is uh, basically? I was like, what are his policies? What has he enacted in terms of education? What he's enacted in terms of immigration? Was you know the big primary focus is I wanted to know what he did during both, like what he did. Um, the, the mental gymnastics, though, that you just described is just is absurd. Oh yeah, no, for real. Like um he's he's taking public funding away from people who need it the most because you know everybody goes to public school, but they're going to public school and uh, you know taxes in your local area are paying for your local public schools. But they also need help from the federal government in order to be able to maintain any form of you know decent kind of education just because you know maybe not every local area has enough money to be able to afford to uh, like to be able to afford schools it's you know in some areas it's you know either we pay for the roads or we pay for the schools you know and he's trying to take money from or he has the idea or what he mentioned in his state of the union address i don't know if he's actually enacted a policy on it yet but this is something that is concerning to me is because his policies always said like oh 
my policy on education is everybody should have education. Everybody needs to get an education. You should be able to go to college. And he had some pretty decent ideas on, on lowering student loan debt, on lowering um, the cost of higher education. But there's still a cost involved. And there's still, in his idea, he's taking it from public schools to give it to private schools so that way there's always a cost involved even from even in lower education from first wow. grade on up again the mental gymnastics yeah so it's it's to me it's something that's scary like i really don't like that i feel like education is incredibly important um especially in our country it is just so incredibly important um so i i just feel like that kind of mentality that kind of thinking like to want to try to privatize education like that, I just I don't think that's a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah, and the and private education versus public education might be a, a different topic altogether too. I might have to add it to to our list of to dos at some point. But me personally, I think there is a, a, a place for public and private education. But the government's job is to maintain public education. Well, <laughs> period. So where yeah. where does he where does it where does his administration get the idea that they have a a place to not I mean maybe maybe it's one thing to support private education maybe there's one one thing about doing that because it helps everyone as a whole but to do it at the cost of public education that's where it's like do you know what your job is yeah exactly. <laughs> what do you know what you're responsible for yeah and and to me like that. Oh, it's just it's just awful it's just really i don't like it i don't think it should happen and i think this is something that kind of flew well under the radar yeah because and it's one of those things where i was where i actually welcomed a kind of a, a an opinion piece on it because to truly understand where he stands on that situation it had to come from like an opinion i would also look into into the secretary of education and betsy devos because she she's been from the beginning widely criticizes someone who like didn't have the best interest in public education in mind when she took the job and i think she's done everything in her power to prove that sentiment correct she she always seems like she leans on she either is leaning towards more private or anything that benefits people she's connected to. Like, that's all she seems to do. Yeah, so I don't know really where, if this is actually truly coming from Trump. But again, it, it went against what I was trying to do. I just think that it was, to me, it was something when he talked about it, it seemed like it was part of his policy. And whether or not it came from Betsy davos or whether or not she got all of her opinions and everything from him it's well i mean ultimately he's the buck stops at the president so if he's been allowing things to go for that long with some secretary of education his direct report yeah that's a problem yeah so it's it's one of those things um 
I, I really think that if this is really truly his policy, it is something that is, again, something against what I initially set out to do, but I think it's something that is 100% worth mentioning that I feel like it's actually his policy, and it's something that concerns me greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just... I. It, uh, we need to become smarter as a country we need to strive and everybody needs to strive to become to advance to become smarter and i just don't think a lot of people are given the tools to be able to even do that stronger education stronger education and in my opinion his uh trump's policy stance is not for stronger education it's for paid education. Okay, so with that, let me go ahead and bring up my next positive. I think this one is is one that I think is widely misunderstood. I think everyone knows about it, but I think it's a little misunderstood. And I think maybe for better or for worse, while he helped push it along, I think he's going to thankfully not have his hands in it so much, even though if he, he likes to think he does. But he still push, allowed it to push through. And that's the Space Force. Yeah, It's Space Force! Space Force! Woo! Yes. <laughs> so, one of the positives, yes, is in fact the creation of the Space Force. Which, yeah, it sounds kind of a joke. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it's like something Trump would do because it sounded cool. Which, I still think that maybe he might have still done that. But... There, but object, objectively speaking, there is a need and a use for the space force to exist. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, when we look at its function, what it plans to do is that it's going to create a centralized, unified chain of command that is responsible for space. Because ultimately, when responsibility is fragmented, no one is responsible, and that's what we had. Because the Air Force is basically the the, the branch of the armed forces that was, you know, being accountable for that. And I think, yeah, that probably came with good reason to think that. In the 21st century, there's a lot more going on in space than, than there was when the Air Force was created or even when they took on space operations. We have satellites, both private and public, to consider up there. We we have private industry that's now getting more and more involved with it so that we need to carve out our own space for it. And, and really, a lot of that is is more about management of assets. Let, let's look and protection of assets, to be clear. This isn't about, you know, starting Star, Star Trek. This isn't about fighting aliens. And, again, to, to the point where Trump, I think, says stuff that is... Ugh. Is it when they, when they shut off the flag last week? Which was <laughs> a cool flag. Great flag. Yeah. No, love it. Yeah, absolutely. But, and, again, this branch of the armed forces is about protecting our assets. And, you know, and being organized about how we... Literally how we organize in space. And Trump is like, yeah, I got to tell you, they got, they're got they going to build this brand new missile, the super duper missile that's yeah. going to be stronger than anything else. And I'm like, oh, wow, my God. No. <laughs> yes. And maybe I won't dive into it because, again, we're talking about Trump positive because he, he pushed to make this happen. Again, I don't, I don't know how he got convinced to do it. I don't know what his real motivation with it was. Maybe he really thought we were going to make the USS Enterprise and he thought, yes, I want to be the president to do that. And yeah, Right. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is that we needed a space force. We, because in some capacity, Russia and China have their own versions, and we know how, 
you know, even though they can be allies, sometimes we know how they have their own agendas. We That's need true. to be able to to manage ourselves and and have that management be focused on on space. It's it's just about being organized. It's about being accountable, having a section that's going to be fully accountable to that and not exactly. have and split responsibilities. Like, and I don't want to turn this into like a stinking another Cold War, you know? That's yeah. another thing that I want to kind of avoid. Is Absolutely. We're doing this because you're right. It's something to protect our assets in space, but it's not something that we need to do like as a military, um, like as a weaponization of the program. We don't necessarily... We don't want to weaponize the program. Although with UFOs coming out, um, you know, as real recently as well, maybe we do need to weaponize some things. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but there's no clear indication for that. <laughs> Even if, if, if the Navy is so like, like, oh, here's your videos and of stuff yeah, they've no. seen. Like if they're so like lively fair about it that maybe we really don't have anything to worry about it. But we have to do, we do have to worry about our satellites. Like that's undoubtedly. No, that's a hundred percent. And we have to worry about that kind of stuff. So it's really, um, yeah, no, I agree. Space force is honestly, it's a really good thing, but I don't want to use it as an excuse to turn it into another cold war type situation. We don't, space force doesn't need to be making super duper missiles. It, uh, which is, it's silly because I feel like a lot, and maybe again, another discussion, maybe how we run our military in general needs to be talked about, but they they we, should be used to make laser weapons. Lasers. Lasers, dude. <laughs> but it should all Actually, be about the Navy is already about, putting them on boats. <laughs> it should be about protecting, you know, our people and our assets. That that should be first and foremost. Yeah. And it I know it just doesn't seem like that was in the president's mind. But regardless, he helped create the Space Force. And we can do some good with it, and I think the people who are actually in charge of it will do a lot of good with that. And yeah. we'll see. Actually, obviously, maybe five, ten years from now, we'll, we could have a different opinion on it. But I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I agree. I like the Space Force. I like the idea behind it. I just want to make sure that it um, stays as kind of how it is and not like, like I was saying, not trying to develop into another Cold War type situation with other people. Um so, speaking so, of other podcasts, I have a confession to make. Ooh, what, what, what? So, a majority of my research that I did on Trump's policies, it was focused more recently. Mm-hmm. There, honestly, when I was looking, when I was doing some research, when I was doing some stuff, I, I honestly didn't find a whole lot of actual policy. Believe it or not, Trump hasn't enacted a lot of policies. Uh, a lot of, he hasn't taken a lot of action. Believe it or not, um, you know whether he's golfing and that's the reason why or you know what. But I just, when it comes to actual policies, he tends to say a lot of stuff, but he doesn't tend to act on it. Um, however. One of the major flaws in policy recently had to deal with the sign of the times, coronavirus. My third oh. and final bad policy that Trump has done 
needs to be covered in our next episode in our actual policy episode of coronavirus okay the one that that we've been planning on doing because i've done a lot of research on that because that was the first thing that came to mind is i was like oh yeah i wanted to see what kind of policies were enacted based off of the coronavirus and things like that and that's where he did most of his uh, most of his policy writing most of his work and everything like that so i looked up the other articles just to kind of come up with like just to try to find other things you know but i was kind of focusing a lot on his policy for coronavirus because i mean it's in his zeitgeist he has handled it poorly he's handled it poorly and I know I said I wanted to wait for a little bit and see really how poorly he handled it or if he handled it right. Um, I, I think that the, the time is showing up. He's handled it poorly. Um, now, next so, podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you, do you want to have... Right, so that means our next recording is going to be the, the f- going full-on COVID re- retrospective, huh? Yep. I, okay. believe, I believe it is time. Okay. In that case... I, I did have a like five other points of positives for 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 Trump, but they oh, were smaller Sorry, in topic I... anyway. I mean, they were smaller yeah. in topic anyway. I was going to suggest that, especially because we're running up on the hour now. I was going to yeah. lightning around them because I think they're easy to explain. I don't think they require a lot of in depth stuff. Awesome. I just I just wanted to see if you had had a list you wanted to go through first. I unfortunately uh, I didn't come up with that big of a list because I was doing most of my research on the coronavirus stuff and then okay. also when i found out about like when i was when i found out because obviously we knew with the immigration camps we knew what he was doing like we knew his just plain inaction about it is really my biggest issue with it it's just he should enact policies on it he should try to change that around and i just haven't seen it um, it it's given it's given me like 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 flashes of Japanese concentration camps back in the day. And it's just something I thought we would never do again. Yeah. yeah I mean, for real. And it's, and it's, it, that's something. And I wanted to try to find things that, like I said, that were physical policy. And even with the education one, it's kind of hard to find because there, it could be just a lot of little things that have kind of led it to that point, or it just could be that he hasn't done anything on it yet. But how he mentions education, that's one of the things that I was like, mm, no, I don't like this. So, right. in that case, let me go through my. I'll, I'll I'll lightning around the last few the bullet points that I have for him. <clears throat> so, uh, one of the big things was the well. I guess the overall tax act that he did a couple of years ago, maybe that's worthy of its own episode, but for sure, and I can tell you from personal experience and some a tax professional, on average, I think a lot of people saw that they paid about two or four percent less tax, which yeah, while that is significant, I do have to wonder whether that's what people expected from him when he was talking about I'm gonna you know make you pay less taxes. Great, two percent savings. That's awesome, two percent. Yep, that made all world of difference for me. Do you know what the average average rate for for corporate tax drop was? Uh, From thirty five to twenty one. Wait, really? No the, way. The corporate on average, we saw we saw like a ten point drop 
for corporate See, I taxes. Knew I, I knew I, I knew I should have looked in economical policy too. I mean, I, there'll be there'll be plenty of other podcasts, but like I was yeah, saying, yeah, the two I, or four percent versus thirty five twenty one ish numbers, like holy shit. <laughs> but yeah. but yes, that was a positive. He lowers people's taxes, and I think people like to see money in their pocket. Now that could be a whole different discussion about you know how we should be using our tax dollars and how much revenue we should have to do stuff. But on an individual scale, paying you know having more money in your pocket is generally a good thing. Yeah. On the same note, he, what he did with taking out the ACA payment, that tax penalty for not having insurance, I'll tell you right now, I think that was good. Uh, as a tax person, there's plenty of people I saw that were, they were gutted having to pay an extra $600 because they didn't have medical insurance, which is absurd. And it's oh, definitely yeah, no, one that of, was absurd. Yeah. That was one of the biggest failings of the a- ACA, for sure. That we, Why are we making people pay more when they don't have anything to pay with? That's why I don't have medical insurance. And the only defense I have for that is that I, the ACA was definitely was definitely uh, a huge compromise that 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 the, the Republicans forced. ACA should have, should have been the stepping stones towards universal health care, but the, the Republicans at the time were never going to allow it, and that's why we yep. came up with it. But the fact that we st- still ended up thinking it was a good idea to to make people pay for not having health insurance was stupid. So that was removed. Thanks to to his changes, and honestly, I think if we had a Democratic president, I don't think that would have happened that way. So that's something well, to consider. Didn't that, happen, didn't that happen? Oh, you're talking about the um, the actual removal then? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh, if we had okay. Clinton, I don't know if that would have been removed. I don't know. I don't think so, because I think they were were honest. I think for the most part, I think a lot of the Democrats were proud to have been part of the ACA. Certainly, Obama and Biden are very proud of it and we have biden running for president now and i think now after the fact they're probably going to say oh i guess it's okay i guess we won't change it back but but also biden still isn't talking oh man see now we're doing too many chapters forget it yeah, forget yeah it, forget okay, it. okay just we'll, know that people we'll are having to pay that. something they can't afford this we must be lightning around have to do our own episode on that too yeah, because yeah. that was something that we all lived through and you know we, we all experienced and that was a huge mess. Next big thing was that uh, Trump enacted that, that that temporary tax savings for corporate people who had their their profits all like in third in third party countries, like you know they, I think they call it repatriated profits. Yeah. You know okay. they didn't pay taxes on it because they left it offshore, and I and the administration allowed a temporary reduction in tax for that profit in order to bring it back, which okay I mean. Which, again, this is one of those double-edged sword things. That means that money was only taxed at 15%. Again, we're talking about corporate tax rates. In order to incentivize people bringing that money back in, the administration allowed that money to only be taxed at 15%. Oh, yeah. I don't, you and I don't pay 15% tax. No. Or, or I think that's the same thing we pay. We're individuals. And yet these, these massive trillion-dollar companies were allowed to, to be taxed the same level as we are. That's... So, yes, that money came in, and we got that money now that we wouldn't have had before, but it was definitely leaning towards you know, corporate w- welfare more than anything else. Yeah. Not to mention that I think Trump was hoping that it would bring in $4 trillion. As of December, we only have $1 trillion. So, I mean, again, a number we wouldn't have before, but I don't know. Uh, then, oh, another big thing was that the Trump administration allowed for more using of, uh, well, and this I have to word just 
the correct way. I think they have a, a word for this, like a right to try sort of thing. So if, if you're sick and you've tried everything and now there's some stuff that are maybe not necessarily approved, but at this point you got nothing else going on for you, the administration currently has, a, has kind of smoothed out the, the method where you can, you can try out unapproved tre- treatments. It takes a lot of paperwork, okay. but there's a roadmap for that. At the, in, this, in the same vein, this administration also has done a lot to, to make generic drug, drugs more affordable and get that, that market going. And I think we've seen a lot more positive with that than we've seen in a long time. And they're, they're helping do it. And I think a lot of that's because they know who their base is and, who's, and who they need to appeal to. So they're making drug prices, generic drug prices drop. I think there's some question about how impactful it has been, but there's no doubt that there has been some positive impact in that. And that should be you know, looked on well enough. I think the only thing that's been problematic with right to try is that it just, oh, stupid computer. There just hasn't been a lot of, a lot of companies taking it up on, on that offer, the right to try. There's only like been like a handful of drugs that have been allowed to be used since the right to try has been implemented. And it, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it's successful as a program as it, it could have been. And I don't know if that's poor management or, or something in the way the, the legislation was written, but at least it was a step in the right direction, but maybe not doing as much as it should be. Gotcha. And I think the last thing we can say that's been a positive of this administration is, that probably wouldn't have otherwise is that a lot of a lot of us now know a lot more about politics and are talking about politics than we probably would have had before. We're more engaged. Yeah. We're more yeah. engaged in the in politics now under him than we have been before. Well, exactly. We're we're trying to, and that's one of the things I think is is happening now from all these opinion pieces and stuff that's been going out. Is, is now we're starting to talk more about things that we things that we agree with, things that we disagree with, um, and that's kind of why I wanted to focus a little bit more on what Trump has actually done versus what he hasn't done um and there's also a few things like it is up for debate you know whether whether you feel like it like one of the things one of the other things that i was thinking about um thinking about talking about and i wasn't sure how you felt on the on the whole situation but to me i think it's a pretty pretty great idea and i want to briefly talk about this right now and i kind of wanted to maybe discuss it in our next and then our next episode about donald trump um, was the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP, and Trump's regulation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what you felt, uh, how you felt about that. Um, I personally think it was one of the one of the best things he's done as president, if not the best thing he's done as president. But I wanted to know what your ideas were on it. Um, and I wanted to do like a little more research behind it um, just so I can have weight to my words, but because it happened a while ago, and I just want to, you know, kind of refresh myself on the whole thing. But I wanted to know initially what you thought of the TPP, the repealation of the TPP, and and like what you think about I, that. I think a lot of that for me has to do with that. I'm I wasn't necessarily in favor of it, and we are going to do a lot more research into you know what we lost of it versus what we gain without being in it and what our intentions are now. 
but a lot of what my worry is of a lot of those moves has been that we we think and maybe to a point rightfully so we think we we know what's best for everybody and we decide and we somehow decide or in this case Trump decides that we don't need to have a larger conversation about certain things including yeah. global global trade and that's kind of what that problem was at least the problem I had with it at this point is that Trump didn't didn't think it was a good idea to have an a big picture plan about how to do stuff like that because that's what that was kind of about you know a more international big picture kind of idea of how all that should work and his administration was like eh, we don't we don't need that yeah and I don't know if I like that I I don't like how I, it seems Trump would one of the positive ish things that Trump does is that he has been trying to hold other countries more accountable with international stuff but at the same time he walks back walks back our own involvement in interna- in international affairs because yeah. he because he has this idea about America first which man there's so many things wrong with it as an idea at least coming from him yeah, yeah. but again he, he pushes that on, on other countries you get more involved with, the, with global politics but we're gonna back off and that's why I wanted to leave that point kind of towards the end and towards everything because i think ideally the t3p was a really good thing it was supposed to uh, kind of help create an ideal situation uh, for trade between china and the united states i if i'm remembering it correctly again i don't have everything completely in front of me um i do remember though i was really happy that we were able to repeal it um but i think it like kind of devolved into something that just wasn't right for the united states so that's kind of why I, I wanted to bring it up. I didn't know if you were going to do any research. Uh, like I didn't know if you're going to do any research on it or anything like that. Um, I did run across it, but that was definitely in the camp. Of, I'm not sure how good that is. But exactly. I, I think I think after talking about it with you, we probably need to make trade agreements uh, its own episode because yep, there's yep, the Pacific one and then there's a NAFTA one that's, that has been taken. Oh, yes. Gone in the last couple of years. Maybe that's worth a retrospective. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that, but I, like I said, I, in in my research, a lot of it was dedicated to the COVID nineteen. But I did want to, like, bring up this the TPP just to kind of get an idea of it, um, or just to kind of throw that out there because, mm-hmm. you know, I I wasn't quite sure how you felt about the whole situation. Whether you felt like it was a good thing that he did, whether you felt it was, um, whether you felt it was bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Long story short, I th- I think maybe it wasn't great, but I think that deserves more retrospect retrospection, exactly. which we will do in a future exactly. episode. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. Uh, so then with that, I think we're we're kind of on our way to closing out today's episode. Hey, we did that's it. Right. Yeah, I know. I um, apologize for my lack of research. I should say for the topics that I brought up today. I did mainly want you to carry the episode a little bit more specifically because of the uh, specifically because of the policies that we know he did well in because that's the thing is the policies that he hasn't done well in i we all know i mean just out of the gate every time he opens up his mouth on some policy that he doesn't do it's pretty much just into the fire you know mm-hmm. um so I wanted to, uh, like, I wanted to do a little more research on, like, kind of good things and bad things that he's done. Um, 
I, th- I think we got a lot of. I think we got what we wanted out of this episode. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I'm just saying. Apologize in advance, or apologize in retrospect <laughs> for, <laughs> for missing some of my sources because I had sources for it and I forgot to write them down. But yep, because I'm great at that. We will get better. <laughs> we'll get better at that. Yeah. Yeah, um, and in case you, you all audience didn't have noticed it yet, I am including our sources, the ones that we have in in the notes to all our episodes. You'll see that in the episode descriptions. Um, I'll be doing the same with today's episode as well, so look out for that. I will go back and find my sources. Uh, pretty much what I was uh, going to talk about, uh, mainly the education one. Uh, I got to remember what sources I was looking for for the immigration. Like is lack of doing anything for the immigration camps and everything so uh but i will send you the sources for the um uh what you call it the uh <sighs> for everything the education yeah everything <laughs> it's okay yeah. for everything they just heard there'll be sources <laughs> yes absolutely all right and with that I, let's go ahead and close out then perfect yes absolutely thank you guys so much for watching listening um we always welcome feedback so please let us know how we're doing let us know if there's any topics that you want us to talk about um if there's something in this podcast that you heard and you want and you have a little more information about it like for example the education or any of eddie's policies that he mentioned like if you know more information about it please share with us um we would like to get a little more educated on a lot of this stuff and we want to make sure that you know Again, we're not talking out of our asses. That's the whole point of it. Is to you can find sure us on social we're... media, or you can find us at commongroundattack at gmail.com. Uh, ah, nice. But thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. However you're enjoying our content. Um, please continue watching and subscribe, and we'll be posting a lot more of these. We got a lot of topics to talk about. So kind much. Of hard to, it's kind of hard to jump right in and just <laughs> immediately start talking about Trump, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna put, we're gonna push through it, and then we'll we'll get caught up once it gets closer to election time too. We'll start talking a lot more about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I am looking forward to that. I feel Thanks, like everybody. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.